so great to be with you. Welcome to Every Nation Roemsach, where we see lives, communities, and society transformed through discipleship in the word, the presence, and the power of God. So, so great to be with you. Andrew brings his love. He is on leave today. I was supposed to be on leave, but then the person who was supposed to be preaching got got stuck at the border between um, Namibia and South Africa due to some home affairs issues. So here I am, so delighted to be with you, and my leave starts tomorrow. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Happy Christmas, everyone. Um, can you feel the Christmas spirit starting? Can you feel your bank balance dropping? <laughs> Have you all got your red clothes out? I've got my, I put on my special Christmas nails. So I hope you are, you are getting in the, into the Christmas feel. What a glorious time of year when we remember the greatest event in history that God chose to come to meet us. God chose to come to find us. And I want to, I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what God has done. So Lord, I pray that as we, as we talk around your word today, I'm praying, Lord God, that you would... Father God, I, I want this Christmas for all of us to be more than just turkey and gammon and gifts. I want it to be a deep revelation of your sacrifice, of your love, of your delight in us, of your passion to be with us. Lord God, I pray that thankfulness would explode from our hearts. I pray that joy would be in everything we do. Lord God, I pray that there would be no one lonely this Christmas. Father God, I pray you would grace us as a church to reach our neighbors, to reach our friends, to, to look out for the person on the edge of the crowd. Lord God, I pray that we would be faithful to bring Jesus to the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So, Sylvester Giles, you've never heard of him? Probably after this sermon, you will never hear of him again. But Sylvester Giles was imprisoned in the U.S. for manslaughter for life, way back when. He was let out on parole for good behavior in 2009. He was out for three days, and he decided that prison was better. So he went to his parole officer, and he said, please, can I go back to prison? Please, can I fulfill my, my sentence? His parole officer was, no, dude, you're free. Go live free. So you know what Sylvester Giles did? He broke back into prison. They caught him as the barbed wire caught him on top of the wall. And because now he had broken his parole, he was resentenced to 15 years in prison to his delight. So now you're saying, what on earth have that, has that got to do with prison? I mean, with Christmas. <laughs> what on earth has that got to do with Christmas? Just as Sylvester Giles broke into prison, Jesus Christ came and broke into our prison to find us. 
I want to talk about when God breaks in today. Because so many times when I, when I pray, I'm praying, God, change the circumstances, get me out of this situation. You know, Lord God, destroy my enemies. I usually pray, destroy the walls around me. But what I really mean is destroy those people who are being mean to me. That's really what I mean. And we, we pray those kind of prayers. You know, God doesn't often answer those prayers. Have you noticed that? Sadly, mostly he answers those prayers by breaking into our situation with his presence and transforming us from the inside out so that sometimes we don't even leave the situation. But because of the transformation in us, everything changes. Everything changes. God is into the business of breaking into our worlds. Jesus Christ watched us slowly build our own prisons. And he said, I must break in there to find them. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is the day that God broke in to our prison. God broke in to our prison. I'm going to read with you a portion of scripture That comes from Matthew 1, a well-known uh, portion of scripture about the birth of Jesus. It goes like this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be ch with child through the Holy Spirit. I love that. She was found to be with child. It's just like, oops, there she is. She's got a baby. You know, it's just... She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to, to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here, the beautiful, beautiful story of God breaking in, God breaking into your world. How do you know God wants to break into your world. You know, there's a way in which God broke into your world in one gigantic cosmic move. You got born again, and now he, he takes possession of your life, and he's, he's living with you as you go about your daily every day. However, there is a way in which also there are portions of your life that, that seem stuck and difficult, and there is a process by which He's already broken into your whole world, but he wants to break into individual rooms of your life. He wants to break into places in your world that has been, that have seemed to kind of be difficult or hard or dangerous or uh, complicated. How do you know that God wants to break in to your world? I'll tell you how you know it's darn difficult. I tell you how you know there is conflict. I'll tell you how you know you feel stuck. You feel 
you feel like to some degree you're in prison. You feel like to some degree you just can't move forward. Is there anybody in this room who has not feel, felt one of those things at some stage? Who's not felt? I know, you, that was a trick question. Because I figured if I asked if who has felt those, every single hand would go up immediately. We've all felt those, those places where, where we just need God to break in. We need, we need something different to happen. We need a change. We need to see things differently. We need the, the environment transformed. That's how you know God wants to break in. Because you're feeling that, that uh, tension, that anxiety, that stress in that environment. How do you know God is breaking in? I'll tell you how you know God's breaking in. One, there's chaos. Two, there's disorientation. Three, your whole world is shaking. Four, things that seemed permanent and reliable no longer are. That's how you know God is breaking in. And sometimes we resist God's in-breaking because it's darn uncomfortable. We thought the previous environment was uncomfortable, but now he's breaking in and it's even more uncomfortable. There are two stories of jailbreaks in the New Testament, both in the book of Acts. I absolutely love both of them. You can read them, Acts 12 and Acts 16. Acts 12 talks about how Peter was in prison, and it says, it says, the angel came while he was sleeping and struck him on the side. You know, it's sometimes when God's breaking in, it's not like a gentle thing. It's like, like God has to wake you up. It's like, bam, hello, I'm here. Sometimes there's a reverberation. Sometimes it's like uncomfortable. Uh, things, you know, he's busy sleeping. A prison's a terrible place, but he'd managed to sleep there. And God came and said, enough of that, dude. They walk out of prison. He's a free man. The other time is in Acts 16, and it's Paul and Silas. I love this. They're busy singing and worshiping and praying at midnight. And it says there was a violent earthquake. When God breaks in, things don't just stay the same. Things shake. And you know, sometimes when we're in the process of the actually being rescued by the living God, we actually, God, please stop. It's too much. Can't bear it. Peter, when he was broken out, it says that only much later did he even realize it wasn't a vision. It just didn't even seem real to him. But so many of you at this time, I know some of your stories. You have, you have spoken to me about the disorientation, the difficulties, the, the, uh, the things you are facing, how much of your world is shaking and it's different from how it was. And your question can easily be, has God seen me? Does God know? And my, my answer to you is the very circumstances you are facing, let me know that God sees you, God hears you, God is doing something about it. What amazes me is the Bible is filled with stories of people where God broke in. Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? 
Daniel 3. I know, I just, it's like my favorite story in the whole Bible. When they were faced with the fiery furnace, they basically put a finger in the face of the king and said, whether our God will, will rescue us from this fire or not, we will still serve him. I know, it's just like, heck, Lord, I want to be like that. You remember how the story goes, the, they looked into the fiery furnace and there were, there were four people, there were three people they threw in, four people walking around. You see, see, it's like God didn't take them out of the fiery furnace. Did you know that? Did you notice that? I mean, they, they had to go all the way through the difficult season. But God came into it with them. Because you see, I've told you this so many times, God is interested in actually redeeming the whole world, even the fiery furnaces. God is into the business of changing everything, every prison into a palace. He's in the business of finding you where you are, breaking into your world, and transforming that world from the inside out. There are no mistakes. Honestly and truly, guys, I know some of you are going through really rough stuff. Some of you are not going through rough stuff, but there will be rough stuff. Sorry, this beautiful message of Christmas. But the great, great message of Christmas is that God will always break in. There is nothing that can stop God. He will find a way, even if it means being born into a baby in a, in a stable, in the eating trough of the cows. Even if he has to do that, he will do it to find you, to come to you, to walk through the fire with you. And you know what? Those fire, that fiery furnace became the greatest testimony of those three boys. Can you imagine the stories they told their grandchildren? Honestly and truly, can you imagine the story they told their grandchildren? You know, there was this day when we were thrown into the fire. The fire was so hot that it killed all the people that were bringing us to the fire. Guys, you should have, you should have been there. It was, it was amazing. The flames were all around us. We could feel the heat, but somehow it did not touch us. And then we looked up and there standing with us was God himself. And guys, when he walked through that, those flames, the fire parted for him. All of creation bowed before his majesty. And when we walked out of that fire, our ropes were gone, our chains were gone. And guys, it's not that just our physical ropes were gone. We were free because we knew we served a God that would always come and find us. We serve a God who will always come and find us. You know, I don't even care if your prison is of your own making. Really. You know, sometimes we're thrown into prisons or we're in difficulties because other people have made our life difficult. That happens. We're living in a formal world. But there are times when, when we've created our own prisons. We've, we've messed up. We've done wrong things. 
But when Jesus hung on that cross and called out, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. In one instant, he said, I will not even let their stupidity, their dumbness, their mistakes, their sins stand between me and them. I will break into those prisons also. I will find them and I will walk out of them with them. How do you know God is breaking in? Your world is shaking. Things are changing. So I want to look just very quickly at three people in the story. You might not have noticed that Matthew was in the story, but he wrote it. So clearly his thoughts and his insights were in it. Did you notice that right at the end of that story that I read to you, he said, this, this happened so that it could be as it was written. And he referred back to Isaiah 7, in which it said, in which it said that a virgin would bring forth a son and they would call him Emmanuel. This was an ancient, ancient prophecy that had been spoken about the Messiah. But I, I dare you to go back and read Isaiah 7, where this prophecy comes from. I dare you to read that chapter of the Bible and actually see that it was about Jesus. What I'm saying is, when you read it, it is absolutely obscure. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's about a Messiah. It's very clear. It's about two armies coming against Jerusalem and God saying, you're going to defeat those armies. And the way you will know it is that a young woman will bear a child and she will name him Emmanuel. And before he grows up, these armies will be destroyed. That's exactly what it says in Isaiah 7. Well, paraphrased. It is very hard to read into that chapter that in many years to come, the Messiah will come born of a virgin. It's very hard to read that. Now you're saying, am I, am I disputing the Bible? No. I'm telling you a, a magnificent thing. Is that, that Jesus defines all of the Bible. You cannot read any part of the Bible without looking through Jesus to it. If you just read it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't give the story that you need. But if you read the Bible through Jesus, you see him in every verse. And you see, this is what Matthew did. He was, he was not a good Jewish boy. He was a bad Jewish boy. He was a tax collector. And he had been, been co-opted by Jesus into his band of disciples and rescued from his life of sin. But as every Jewish boy, good or bad, knew, they, they grew up hearing the scriptures over and over and over. For Matthew to look back at that scripture and see Jesus means that he had learned how to see all of the world through Jesus Christ. And part of us being able to navigate the moments when God is breaking in is that we need to be able to see the world through Jesus. We need to see the Bible through Jesus. We need to see our circumstances through the lens of Jesus Christ. And then we must allow the Bible to constantly speak of Jesus to us. 
So that's what Matthew did when he was faced with the inbreaking power of God that was setting the world upside down, where they were saying things like, oh my gosh, she was found to be with child, but she hadn't known a man, and we don't know if she's lying, and oh my word, is it, is it her, or is it, what is it? The next person that had to deal with this, this momentous inbreaking of God into the world was Joseph. Here he is, the woman he's going to be married to suddenly announces she's pregnant. Every man in this room, what would be your reaction? And then she tells you, no, it was the Holy Spirit. I want to give you some advice, all you guys. No. Yes, it was here, but every other time, no. There was a human being on the other side. So Joseph is having to navigate this. Imagine this. He's a righteous man. He's kept himself for marriage. And here, the woman that he's betrothed to is announcing she's pregnant. Do you think for a second it felt like God was breaking into his world then? No, it felt like the devil was breaking into his world. He could, for a, he could not see a solution to this. And so he decided that he was going to put her away. You know, the, the sentence for sex outside of marriage was to be stoned. So he was, although they didn't do it much in those days, but he was, he was finding a soft way to let her go. I, I will put her away. I won't say anything. You know, I'll just tell people that, you know, we had irreconcilable differences. You know, she wanted to move to uh, the south of Israel. And, you know, I just didn't want to go there. So we just decided to call it quits. And, oh, look, she's got a baby. I don't know how that happened. So he's, he's, he's finding a soft way to let her go. But no doubt he's letting her go. And God had to again break into his world to announce to him actually what she says is true. Guys, if the girl tells you she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, you say, if the angel comes to me in a dream and tells me, I'm, I'm good with that. But the angel does come. And the mind-blowing thing about Joseph is that in response to God's inbreaking, he raises a child that's not his own. He raises a child that he doesn't even understand who this boy is. He doesn't even understand the ramifications. He is led by that same angel and the, the spirit of the living God to move them from there to Egypt and back to save the life of this young boy. Disrupts his whole life in order to follow what God is calling him to do. Interestingly enough, by the time Jesus is crucified, we hear no more of Joseph. Did you notice that? Jesus on the cross turns to John and says, you take care of my mother. Why do you think he did that? Because there was no man to take care of her. So somewhere along the line, Joseph died. Somewhere along the line, Joseph gave his life for this. Je Joseph said, I will do everything you call me to. 
What I like about Joseph is that when he's caught in this very difficult situation, when he's caught in this very difficult situation, he, he does what's right. Even though, even though it's not what God wants him to do, he's, he's prepared to kind of cover Mary. Do you know that? Even though he's, he's saying we're going to get divorced, he's saying I will do it in a way that covers you, that keeps you safe. So even at, the, at his own expense, he's trying to do what's right, do what's godly. And in that process, what I love about that is because sometimes we're in these situations and it's not clear what God wants. Have you ever been there? You know, it's like there are five or six right things to do or, you know, it's, it's all the right things seem somewhat wrong. We all have circumstances where it's hard to know what to do. But here's my answer to you. We can follow Joseph in this. Do what you know to be right. And even if God has a better option than that, he will step into your world and lead you. You've heard that very common phrase that God moves a moving ship. God steers a moving ship. And what that means is, is if you do nothing, it's like there's nothing for God to move. So in that circumstance, what you know to be right, do that. And even if God has a better way, he will steer you. He will steer you. The last person in the story is Mary. <laughs> you know, this portion of scripture in Matthew doesn't talk much about Mary. Have you, did you notice that? It simply says she was found to be with child. If we read the other account in Luke, it gives a much more comprehensive story about Mary. And in that rendition of it, the, an angel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to be with child. She asks the very obvious question, how? He comes to her and said, it will be by the Holy Spirit. He will overshadow you. And he uses a term that was used right in the beginning of creation, that Holy Spirit hovered over the waters, that the Holy Spirit would come and hover over her. And as God brought creation into being through the Holy Spirit, so he would bring the Messiah to being in her, in her womb. Her response to that, you can go and read it in Luke her response is that, be it to me as you say. In other words, Lord, I completely trust you. I don't understand because there is no way she could have understood. No way. In this moment when I don't understand, I'm going to trust. And friends, so much, so much of our lives comes down to this. Because honestly, to understand all the ways of God is absolutely impossible for any finite mind. And there will come a time in everyone's life where you will not understand what is happening around you. I think in years to come, you will look back and say, ah, oh, now I see. But mostly, you will look at that circumstance and not be able to fathom it. You will read your Bible and it will still be unclear. You will speak to your friends and it will still be unclear. 
And at that moment, the only option is to say, God is the kind of God who breaks into people's worlds. God is the kind of God who will not leave me alone. God is the kind of God who has foreseen all of my life and has walked into my future already, and therefore I can trust him. Therefore I can trust him. And her response is that magnificent piece of prose that we find written in Luke 1, in when she, where she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord, makes him big, and my spirit rejoices in my God my, and Savior. Her response is to praise is to work her way out of the anxiety and the fear through focusing on the glory of who God is and allowing his majesty to become the biggest thing in her mind and heart. There is a God who breaks into worlds, your world, this world, our world, a God who relentlessly pursues the ones he loves, a God who will not leave you alone, a God who, who you can trust. A God who is faithful. A God who will not abandon you. So Father, we want to pray. Lord, as we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating so much more than a, a little baby in a manger, Lord God. We're celebrating the fact that you, Jesus Christ, burst into the world to find us. Lord God, that you came into a, a place that was so much less than where you were. You broke into our prison. You stepped down into a world that was filled with pain and heartache, and you did not turn your, your face or your heart away from any part of that pain. You embraced all of it to be with us, Lord. Lord, we celebrate at Christmas a God who will continuously, always, never-endingly break into our prisons, break into our pain, break into our confusion, break into our stuckness. So, Lord, we want to bring before you our financial difficulties, our relational difficulties, our emotional pain, our confusion, our frustration, our physical bodily pain. Lord God, we bring all of that to you. Lord, we present to you our fallenness, we thank you that you have, you have redeemed us and saved us. But Lord, we point out to you our personal places of imprisonment. And Lord, we ask, come and break in. Come and break in. Come and break in. And Lord, I ask that you would come and take our hands. And Lord God, I pray you would turn our prisons into palaces. Lord God, I pray you'd push back walls, you would bring down bars, you would, you would change first and foremost the prisons in our own heart, the restrictions, Lord God, the smallness, the lack of insight, 
the lack of understanding, that you would break into that and you would set us free. You would break into that and you would set us free. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord, we dare to pray for our country. My friends, won't you stand with me? We dare to pray for our country. Lord God, we acknowledge that just at the time you came as a baby to a country that was in dire straits. We live in a time just like that. Holy Spirit, and we pray you would break into this world of South Africa. You would break into Johannesburg. You would break into our streets. You would break into our homes. You would break into our government. Lord God, you'd break into our schools. Holy Spirit, you break into our traffic and our roads over the December holidays. Lord God, would you come and preserve this nation? Would you come and visit her? Lord God, would you come and visit her? Lord God, we acknowledge we have built ourselves a prison here. And Lord, we need you to break in. Come and shake the walls of our pride. Come and shake the walls of our shame. Come and shake the walls of our, our disobedience, of our sin, of our mistakes. Lord, come and shake those walls because you love us, Lord. And you are unwilling to let anyone, anyone go. Lord God, hear our cry. Hear our cry. And come and meet us. Take our hand. Walk through the fire with us. Come and wake us up in our prison, Lord God. Bring an earthquake to shake the foundations of our captivity, Lord God. And come, come and turn it into a palace for your glory. Our soul magnifies you. Our spirit glories in who you are, our Lord and our Savior, our God and our King, the God who will never leave his people alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand.